on State Street, across from the historic Chicago Theater. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Carmen and Yurka, live from the old National Bank State Street studio on WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. This Monday, we're into the final two days of Feb. The Combine is this week. I'll tell you, for uh, Feb 27, you know, coming off a weekend late February. Yeah. Woo, it was fun. Nice. I got huh? thoughts. Uh, I mean, I thought it was, it was a great sports weekend. There was some great NBA this weekend, and I'm not talking about the Bulls blowing out two average opponents. You're talking about the Mavericks and the L.A. Lakers, the big 27-point comeback. I'm talking about the Sixers in Boston on Saturday night. was fabulous. I don't know if you stayed up late. I'm sure you didn't, and it was late. What day? Last night. I mean, the Clippers-Nuggets game was fantastic. Yeah, I did not see Clippers-Nuggets. It was so good. I was Jokic. He was awesome. He's Jokic. Of course. Kawhi's back. You know, we can dog Kawhi all we want, but maybe he knows a thing or two about how to handle his body. It looks like the load management's done now for the rest of the year, and he has been sensational lately, and he was phenomenal last night. It was great. The pitch clock thing, we want to talk about all of it, but let's face it, NFL still reigns supreme, especially now because it is combine week. Yes, it is. Eberflus and Poles are going to speak tomorrow. Courtney Cronin's going to join us sure. tomorrow. She's going to the whole NFL world, going to Indy. They're all going down there. It's yeah. like being at the Super Bowl again one month later. It kind of is. Three weeks later. Three weeks later. Yeah. Three weeks later. It's old. It kind of is. Old something week. Old what is home that week. Old home week. That's what it is. And then Adam Schefter, uh, of course, was tweeting over the weekend talking about the Bears leaning towards, quote unquote, moving the first pick. And, uh, I, you know, we've been speculating and wondering about this and figuring it was going to be the course of action for months now. We do think the Bears are genu- generally happy with Justin Fields and that they saw enough. Now, I didn't mind them sort of playing the game of, hey, you never know, we might want to trade it. They just, you know, drum up interest for that number one pick. Let teams, you know, be mysterious. Let teams wonder what you want, what you're going to do, how you're going to handle it. But I think Schefter's right. Uh, ultimately, the Bears are going to move back out of that position. He was on the station earlier today. He was a guest with Cap and Hoodie. And they talked about the rebuild and a few other things. We want to play a few of the highlights for you right here. If you want to join us at any point today, whether it's to talk about the combine, the weekend that was, what you thought of the pitch clock, if you watched some spring training, uh, there really is a lot to talk about. The Bulls did have two uh, easy cruise control wins when it was all said and done. Again, against two sort of in, uh, slightly inferior yeah, but opponents. You, but even though Washington's beat, ahead of them. You've got to beat the inferior opponents, which they haven't yeah. done this year. Boy, that Brooklyn team right now. Oof. Yeah, bad. They, they were up by what, 45? They, they were up 40 at 50? one point on I mean, Saturday it was night. beyond the point of being ridiculous. 312-332-3776 if you want to join Kerman and York today to uh, react to a loaded weekend, which is nice to say, considering it's late Feb, early March. But here was Adam Schefter earlier today with Captain Hoodie talking about the teardown. And uh, I think Hoodie was specifically asking him, All right, they've, they've chosen this course, and they lost 10 in a row to end the year, and they kind of control the offseason. Is this the right fit, and is it a good idea? Tearing down and now rebuilding this thing around Justin Fields. We've seen other quarterbacks. Like, the Eagles went out last offseason and surrounded Jalen Hurts with talent. Like, Jalen Hurts looked like he could play, but there were still some questions. They went out, they put A.J. Brown around him. 
Uh, they drafted Devontae Smith. You, you saw the difference it made. And so um, they, have to, they have to do a better job of protecting Justin Fields, putting great players around Justin Fields. You know, the, the wide receiver crew they played with last year was, was substandard. It just was. And they attempted to upgrade with Chase Claypool. They need more help at the position. It doesn't stop there. You know, Cole Komet was the leading receiver. They need to get some weapons there. And David Montgomery is now a free agent. We'll see what they do with that. They, look, to me, when we go into this offseason, I know everybody's waiting for a decision for Aaron Rodgers and, and, and waiting to hear what he has to say. But I don't think that there's any one person that's going to impact this offseason any more than the Chicago Bears general manager, Ryan Pulse. Here's a man that holds the number one overall pick. Here's a man that has roughly $100 million in cap space. Here's a man that's going to be moving and shaking. And so right now is the start of a critical two months for the future of this Bears franchise. And it starts now, and Ryan Poles is going to be at the center of it. Well summed up by Adam Schefter. Biggest offseason in Bears history, you can argue. And I don't even know which other off-seasons you might throw in there. We know it's huge. And he's right. Obviously, the player that kind of dictates more than anything this off-season. I suppose there are two, Yurko. Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Right. You'd say those are the two players. But I don't disagree with Adam Schefter at all. That the, 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 the personnel man, the boss right now, that, that can own and dominate and really control this off-season is... Is Ryan Poles? Let's hope he's good at his job. Because and when he's it got comes to executives, yes. Rodgers, yeah. Lamar Jackson, in terms of players, Carr, and then Garoppolo, I believe, are your four quarterbacks out there. They're free agents that could move the teams. Yeah, with Garoppolo and Carr, I think being both a team might bring them on board and still be willing to draft a quarterback. So if you bring Carr on board, I think you still might be willing to draft a quarterback at some point. I think especially if you bring Garoppolo on board. Well, that's it. Great point. Both of them. Yeah. And remember, I had Carr ranked third here and Garoppolo fourth. Right. Even if you bring both of those bodies on, I think if you bring the other two bodies on, you're not necessarily drafting anybody else. Yeah, certainly not Lamar. Yeah. That'd be silly. Yeah. And Baltimore, you never know. Baltimore might be willing to move off. They're at a stalemate, aren't they, at this point? And and at what point does Baltimore just say, we believe in what we do and we love you, Lamar, and thanks? But you haven't great. finished either each of the last two seasons. Right. We've offered you a ridiculous amount of money. You right. don't want to take it. Well, like, if you do want to take it, you want it all guaranteed. That's not going to happen. Right. They might just they might have dug in and drawn their line in the sand saying, we'll trust our organization. Sometimes they can get you in trouble, but Baltimore's done it right over the years. I think that coach is good. I think the personnel people there are good. So those are the t- yeah, that like that those are the two really interesting player sort of decisions. Or player movement, like potential player movement things that are going to happen that will follow more closely than any other, that being Rodgers and Jackson. But then Ryan Poles does control the board pretty much. And you can't pay Daniel Jones $40 million. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't do it. If you do it, you've ruined your team. You'd be crazy. Whatever momentum Dayball has has built will go straight down the tubes if you pay your quarterback $40 million. That's it. You heard it here first. I'm with you. Don't do it. Uh, here's a little bit more from Adam Schefter with Cap and Hoodie earlier today here on ESPN Chicago. And if you missed it, download the app. You can catch up and listen to the whole thing. Um, he talks about the Bears wanted to trade one. What about other teams inside the top ten right now? Oh, listen. Um, when you look at the draft and the possibilities that are out there, we have the Texans at two, mm-hmm. the Colts at four, 
The Seahawks at five. The Raiders at seven. Falcons at eight. Panthers at nine. One, two, three, four, five. That's six teams in the top ten that you could make an argument will not be or could use help at the quarterback position. Six teams. So the Bears have the number one pick and really don't have a need a quarterback. I mean, I know there's talk about Justin Fields. I'm not buying. I think he's their guy. They just have to surround him with the right people. And so if you don't have a glaring needed quarterback, and they don't, and the Texans, Colts, Seahawks, Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, all have quarterback questions over the long term, uh, you, you, you could have potentially you know, a feeding frenzy for that number one overall pick. And so, it creates an incredible situation for that organization and a chance to recoup a lot of these picks and to really stock up for the future. And that, that's what this is about right now. I think the biggest question Bears fans should be asking themselves, and I've asked it, I know you've asked it, we've all asked it, how far back is too far? Because what are you afraid of missing out on potentially? Like what if I were to tell you, if you're afraid of missing out on Jalen Carter. Or Will Anderson. Right. Or right. Will Anderson, you can't go past four. Okay. Well said. Yep. If you're okay with that and you think the Bears could still define their team, build their team, build the championship roster by saying, let's move back to nine and we draft Skaronsky or Paris Johnson. Or let's move back to 14 and draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. Or Quentin Johnston, or um, who's our uh, black? Who's the kid at USC that I'm? Uh, Addison. Jordan Addison. Addison. Jordan Addison, right? Yeah. Like, how far back is too far? Where are you not willing to go? Well, I think once you get to Tennessee at eleven, um, New England, are they looking for a quarterback? Is that what you're saying I, I at 14? I, well, and I'm sort of just using, and I'm sorry, forgive me, I don't have the exact order. I'm I just got saying, it in front of me. That's why I'm saying uh, it. I'm looking specifically at the teams that might need quarterbacks. Your other one, Pittsburgh's committed to their guy, Kenny Pickett. I would think Detroit, so. Detroit is an interesting one with two is, picks. Is intriguing. Yes, so is intriguing. At six, what are they going to do? I think they make their team better at six and whatever they're going to do. And at 16 or 18, yes. they might trade down because at that point, you may need to have four quarterbacks off the board. Yeah. And let somebody go get a corner that they love or uh, come up and get that third receiver that they love. You know, wherever. Uh, yeah, I think. Or, or, or a pass rush linebacker, you know, a guy, an edge rusher coming off the corner. Anything. Anything could be possible for Detroit, maybe moving down out of there. I think the question is how far back is too far in your mind? And do the Bears need to get one of the two pass rushers, one of the D linemen, or can they keep going back and build their team in other ways? Maybe you address that D line, and free agency is going to tell us a lot. Maybe they're comfortable in what they added in free agency on the D-line. Maybe they add a pass rusher or two they feel comfortable with. Hard to imagine they'll get two impact pass rushers. One seems like it'd be the thing that they get in free agency. And then are you cool if they keep going back and they fall out of getting Anderson or Carter, but they get one of the top offensive linemen, they get the best receiver on the board? That's what we have to wonder. I think the direction they might head might give us We might have answers when free agency starts. And see the names that get signed by the Chicago Bears 
that might give you a little better indication of what their plans are as they move forward. Two weeks from tomorrow, right, Eric? Yep. I believe is the legal 15th. tampering window. 13th is the legal tampering window. The 15th is when you can start signing people. Oh, okay. So two weeks from today, legal yeah. tampering then starts. Legal, legal tampering starts. Excellent. Two weeks from today, the legal tampering window opens in the NFL. 312-332-3776 is the number if you want to join us. React to anything that Adam Schefter was saying earlier today. Uh, news on the Bears in their offseason. How my news? Yeah. The only, oh, quarter, yeah. the only quarterback not throwing is Bryce Young. He will not throw. Every other do it at the pro day. Every other quarterback will be down throwing. You see who else is not going to participate in drills? He's just going to wait for his pro day? Jalen Carter will not participate in drills. He'll do the measurements and all the other stuff. I think they right. said he'll, he'll, he'll go meet to, with the he'll, teams. He'll go to the hospital. Yeah. He'll go to the hospital. That's where they do all the strength tests. That's where they do all the examinations. And he'll talk to teams. He'll go there. He'll talk to teams, but he will not put the shorts and the shirt on. And he will not see, uh, who's the guy that runs awkwardly and runs about a six? Rich Eisen. Yeah, Eisen. He will not see Eisen run at all. That won't be his part. So he'll be down there for two days and he'll be gone. Yeah, he's going to skip the workout portion. He's yeah. going to wait for Georgia's uh, pro day. And realistically, what, who does he need to talk to? Chicago, uh, Houston, Arizona, that, Indianapolis. I that's all that's he needs it, to talk to. Right? You're talking, of, yeah, four. By, by four, teams. he should be gone. He'll be gone, 100%. Maybe Seattle if quarterbacks go one, two, three, which would be the craziest thing in the world. Why would Arizona do it unless somebody trades up with Arizona? You don't know. Somebody might trade up with Arizona and say, so okay, our guy's Kyler, there. Though, you just paid Kyler Murray. Well, no, like, I'm saying you, Arizona trades, oh, out, trades of it, out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're somebody right. else jumps up to three. You're right. Yeah, I could see you. Yeah, you, but there's a handful of teams. You're, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not many. They're not going really Right, far but that's down. what Arizona could do. So you wouldn't yeah. do that with Arizona. You might have Vegas de- talking, Vegas talk, Atlanta right, yeah. talking, Carolina yeah. talking, Tennessee talking. Yeah. You might have all those teams talking to those quarterbacks that are up there and maybe to the defensive linemen. You never know. Right. Ring us up if you want to react to the weekend NFL Combine Week. It starts officially tomorrow, 312-332-3776. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. You know, we went into the weekend with a little drama around these parts, too. Uh, Poor Yurko. I mean, he got this double XL vest yeah. for golf, his golf trip that was hardly a double XL. Yeah. I don't know what the... And I love people Lars clothing. Right. I, they make beautiful clothes. Oh, but it, it, this was like a misprint. I don't... Stay classy, San Diego. Uh, it may have been just mislabeled. That's Maybe all. it was. Well, you know, we... All, I, I, late in the day, friend of the show, uh, Reed Rooney, uh-huh. reached out. And he said, Rooney? Hey, Rooney! <clears throat> he said, I'm a former college pitcher. I'll have you know, Reed Rooney. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I want to know what he thinks of the pitch clock. Reed yeah. contact me. He said, I'm listening to the podcast. He said, it just so happens I have a close personal friend that runs the Pete Millar store we were talking the about. right there in North Rush. Up the street. Yeah. And so I told Yurko, uh, I said, hey, we might be able to get you in there. Maybe they could figure out a way to, to rectify the situation. They they heard about what happened. They felt terrible. They discontinued, don't want Yurko, discontinued product. They don't want Yurko to look silly. They want him to be comfortable. They're, uh, they make beautiful clothes. They They're really fantastic. do. So I said that to Yurk this morning, but it looks like you've already gone about the business of rectifying the I've problem. I've gone about the business of trying to get the, uh, the, the, the best possible solution out of a very difficult situation. Product is discontinued. Right. Okay. So there is no more of that specific product. It's discontinued. So I went and I got a white quarter zip from Michigan State. 
and a green quarter zip from Michigan State. Smart. Got them ordered. They're being delivered on the 1st of March. I've got a seamstress I've already hired. I've told her about what the project is and what it could be. And I'll take both of these items in there, and we will produce one item that will almost look identical. Identical. Okay? Identical. 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 It's going to look identical, except for the Spartan head. (laughs) It's obviously going to be on there, and it won't have that zipper on the right-hand side. But at least it will fit. Okay. At least it'll fit. And the the seamstress, they could do that probably in their sleep, right? She's like, yeah, no problem. They do this kind of stuff all the time. You've seen the jerseys with the two sides, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll have the Pete Millar one right there. Right. So she'll be able to replicate it. This is great. Okay. And if I can somehow get two garments out of it. One with a green front and a white back, and one with a white front and a green back. Boom! Look at me! Maybe I start a new trend, you know? You never know. little ingenuity. Good for you, man. All right, so you're good. You don't need... So the problem is you can't be downtrodden on these types of things. No, you're all over. You know? Life gives you lemons. Make lemonade, Carl. That's all you got to do. I'm making myself some sweet-ass lemonade. Good for you, Yurko. I'm glad you handled the situation. I overcome. What I do is complain a little bit. Right. I cause headaches and problems for everybody. And then I go about the business of making things right. It is beautiful. Beautiful. But you've got to complain. Uh, You know, we are going to uh, take you right up until 2 o'clock today. There will not be crosstalk today because we're going into White Sox baseball. There's no crosstalk today, and there's no crosstalk on Friday. We have a couple of Cactus League spring training games for you. So Connor, Len, DJ will be along to do the game at 2 today. Waddle and Sylvia will jump on after. Bleck and Abdallah tonight, of course, 6 until 8. But we do have spring training baseball at 2 uh, the White Sox, uh, well, let's just say that. Let's get the offense going here at some point. Two measly runs over the weekend, but that's okay. It's, all right. it's, early, it's spring right. training. Wasn't that one of a, a Sheets home run? Do we have uh, a Gavin Sheets they, homer? You know, to be honest, I don't know I think how we this did. We had a Gavin Sheets there homer. They were uh, interviewing the new coach, Griffles. Pedro Griffles. Yeah, Griffles. And they had Griffles in the outfield. It's not Griffles. And and he was on. They were doing an interview, on-camera interview. And Gavin hit and the home Gavin run. And Gavin hit the home run. Okay. So, yeah, I know you on don't Saturday. like Saturday. I know you don't watch a lot of White they Sox They got baseball. shut out yesterday. You can keep the White Sox baseball. I'll watch it for you. You watch. Since you Thank don't you. care about preseason baseball. Thank you. I did watch a little this weekend. I just happened to be on it at the time it happened. I did, I did watch a little this weekend. And uh, maybe this is a recency bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pitch clock, I hope I don't come back to regret this. I might. There could be some unintended consequences that, I, you know, we just, I, I, I don't, we're not totally aware of right now. Chris is going to go ahead. We call this, we're going to flag it, which is not really a term anymore because you don't actually flag things like we used to do in the old days on yep. radio and reel the reel. But Chris, flag it. If... I might pull a cap on this. I might three months from now. I might be saying how awful it is. I don't know. I'm going to say it. Any. I'm going to say it now on so, Fed twenty seven. What's, what's your feeling? The pitch clock is going to be awesome. It is going to help baseball. I don't want to say it's going to save baseball. I, I, that might be a little overly dramatic. I think it is going to be fantastic. I think it is going to speed up the games. The little baseball that I did watch this weekend. What I appreciated was pitchers got it, gets the sign, goes. Ball, sign, go. Ball, sign, go. The biggest adjustment appeared to be for the hitters. And I'll give you a little sampling of the weekend, Yurk. This is throughout both the Cactus and Grapefruit League. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I believe Manny has just been called for a violation. Not getting into boxing time. Yeah, it's 0-1 as he stands in, and now the pitch is high. One ball and one strike. Typical Manny, no sweat off his back. 
didn't even have a reaction. Got to look back at the umpire and was like, all right. So if you have Machado in your pool, there you go. 1-1 one, one is high. Two balls and a strike. So, yeah, Manny did not get into the box in the requisite amount of time. After Bogart's line to center, and he begins 0-1. Under eight seconds, it's a strike. Here we go. This is Red Sox Braves. Rymel Tapia, the batter, and he just used. That was a strike. He was not ready in a ready position at the eight-second mark, which is an automatic strike now for the hitter. The batter has to be alert to the pitcher when that pitch timer has wound down to eight seconds. Here's the end of the Red Sox-Braves game. I think this was a bases-loaded tie game situation in the ninth inning. Now time called. Conley took too much time. He's out. He wasn't. He didn't have his eyes on the pitcher by the eight-second pitch mark on the pitch clock. And that's going to be the ball game. Conley was headed to first. He thought it was going to be a penalty for a ball, ball four. Oh, my goodness. The game just ended on a pitch clock violation. And now home plate umpire John Libka visiting with Walt Weiss down there outside the Braves' dugout. Wow. These are all hitter violations, Yerk. Yeah. The pitchers seem to get it. The problem is that you bring the C, uh, C.B. Buckner types in. Mm. And Angel Hernandez, oh, the, worst, well, the worst umpires in the league now, yeah, that's true. have got to go ahead and become bigger jerks than they already are. So congratulations of what you've created for yourself. Is that the yourself. unintended consequence? Yeah, the unintended but why, why consequence. Are they being it's pretty clear cut. If it's mm-hmm. under eight seconds and you're not in there, mm-hmm. it's a strike. Yeah, that's, that's crystal clear, right? Yeah. We'll see how it's adjudicated throughout the process. We'll I hope see. it's just like this weekend. Yeah, some guys might be a little bit more lenient than others. We'll see. I was watching. It's early, Carm. It's early. Point of emphasis, NFL rules. I heard this a little bit earlier today. Point of emphasis. All of a sudden, defensive holding and defensive contact after five yards called all day early on. Then all of a sudden, it disappears. Those are judgment we'll calls, see. Though. Right. Judgment calls. You know? Like too much time on the clock in the NFL. Uh, that's right? the weirdest right? one ever. Yeah. That's the craziest. That's zero. The ball's not snapped, and they still haven't thrown a flag, right? That is the craziest thing. So I'm giving you uh, real-life examples of things that can be played with. And the, the mechanic is like, they always yeah. tell you, well, the mechanic is that yeah. they see the clock, and then that split yeah. second, they, you know, it's like, wait yeah. a minute. It's either, things sitting it's on either zero at zero or for three seconds, and nobody's thrown flags. That is the craziest thing. Yeah. I hope they stick to this. I think it's going to be good. you got a month to get used to it. Hitters, pitchers, whomever. Lance Lynn might be a tough one to gauge because he's a pretty much kind of like get it, rock and fire and go anyway. You like, you know, he's a get it, rock and fire guy. I mean, but I, I think it's going to make a dramatic difference. It did in the minor leagues last year. I want to know what people think about it. If you watch spring training at all this weekend, just if you were a little curious, if nothing else, if you were a little curious to see the pitch clock. Danny Zetterman upstairs in our pre-show meeting said, "Well, what we does it Danny. say about baseball?" Yeah, of course I love Danny. He's like a bro- he's like my fourth brother. What my, does it I know say my, about sorry, my third brother? Yeah, what does it say about baseball? <laughs> yeah, what does it say about baseball? Then we need to go faster. I said, Danny, that's so silly. Uh, every sport's got a clock. Yeah. Do we? Did Did anybody say? Uh, when the NBA, like, oh, I wish we'd go back to the four corners. What does it no, say about nobody. basketball? Nobody. That they had to add a tried, shot clock. Tried to get rid of Dean Smith long uh, before Dean Smith left the game. What it says is they're smart because you want to play fast. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't speak ill of baseball. We want things to move quickly. A little bit quicker. They shouldn't be drawn out death marches. Now, did you hear what I believe it was Max Scherzer pitched this weekend? Do you hear what he said? 
I thought I read a quote that he loves the yes, idea of the clock. He does right? love You're... the clock, absolutely. Yeah. He says the control now comes back to the pitcher. He goes, advantage pitcher with this pitch clock. Hmm. He goes, 100%. He goes, no more of this 14 times, no more of this hands in the air, no more getting out of the box, none of that. He goes, it comes back to the pitcher. He goes, and he likes that. Oh, good. And he's another one that he pretty much gets it and goes to. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how it affects the, the Bur- guys that Burley are the rain delays. Would Burley would love Burley would love Those this. guys don't even need it, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, he never did. But I guess to your point, they feel like it's balancing out the goofiness of the hitters in and out, in and out, playing the with gloves. everything. The gloves. The canarical glove. Well, no Tighten. More. Tighten the gloves. Nomar was yeah. the all-time worst, yeah. one, right? Was he? I th- I've got to go back to his pre, uh, Remember, pre-at-bat routine. Didn't Nomar like, get out? All seven. All and, seven. Uh, it was crazy. I thought Big Poppy took forever. Up, yeah. You get out. And get in the box. He wouldn't be the most clutch playoff guy in the world if, if they had him on a clock. Canerco was a big fiddler of oh. the, the Franklins. Oh, Remember fiddler. he was. I don't know who's slower, his approach in the box or his trip down to first base. <laughs> his trip down to first oh, base. Oh, man, was he slow. It was a lot slower. I think it's going to be great. I don't think it speaks ill of baseball. Brendan Riley, another one of our producers, one of the guys upstairs, thinks it's going to be the best addition to any sport. He was saying in his lifetime. Now he's young enough where you know he doesn't remember. He's too young. He doesn't remember there was an age where the shot clock did not exist in basketball. That's true. Um, But he thinks it's going to be the best, most significant thing. Again, this is not. it, It doesn't reflect poorly. It's just they had to find a way to get this damn thing moving again. Three and a half to four hour games, four hour and 15 minute playoff games, it's too much. That's not crazy to say. That doesn't speak ill of baseball. Who wants to sit down and watch something for four hours? Not me. Most of us don't. Can't do it. I mean, that's the one great thing about the NFL. you got a three-hour game. You pretty much do. you got a three-hour game. Guess what? There's a clock. Right. For a reason. Yeah. In Let's between plays. 40 seconds. Let's go. Come on. And, uh, you know, even uh, when you used to go out out of bounds, they used to stop the clock. They don't anymore. You know, in certain aspects, it's the last two minutes of the half and the last five minutes to go out of bounds, you stop the clock. The play clock would start right, you know, out of bounds. They're starting to get the full play. The the play clock would start. But once they got it back in bounds, they're, they're, they're... Wind the clock. Turn it. Let's go. Wind that clock. So what did you think if you checked it out this weekend? You think it's going to be significantly better? 312-332-3776. Plus Bears draft stuff, combine week, uh, baseball, NFL stuff. Uh, We'll take all your calls coming up. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Less than a month away from our 25th anniversary celebration. That's right, ESPN Chicago went on the air in 1998. 25 years, we're having a big party Friday, March 24th at House of Blues. you got to be 21 to attend, but buy your tickets today. Just go to LiveNation.com. That's LiveNation.com. Search ESPN Chicago. You're going to find the uh, the event. Buy your tickets. We're all going to be there. Doors will open at 11. We'll be on at noon. It's really going to be the MJH reunion show uh, at noon. Waddle and Sylvia will be live. Jay Cutler scheduled to appear. So is Robbie Gold, uh, Marky Mark, Mark Greco, Edzo, Jordan and Shay Cornette, Sarah Spain, Nick Friedel, Luke Canellis, Ray Flores, Freddie Hubner. More to come. Maybe a few surprises along the way. 
reminiscing, sharing stories. You definitely want to be there. So buy your tickets today. Go to LiveNation.com and search ESPN 1000 Chicago. Let's grab some calls, my man. 312-332-ESPN, Bears, Pitch Clock, whatever you want to talk about with us on this Monday. Our buddy Chase on the south side. Chase, what's up? Garm, Yurko, what's happening, brother? What's, what's up, happening, Chase? What's good? Hold on a second. Black and Abdallah, what's happening, guys? <laughs> Black and Abdallah, what's happening, to ignore guys? You. Hello. What's up, Chase? Hi, Chase. <laughs> I had to get it out the way because I'm calling them a night, so I'm I had to get it out the way. Sure you to, will. I had to get that out. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey so I, I got to ask you guys this question, right? Go so ahead. if there's a possibility the Bears could trade, uh, move back with the Houston Texans and get not only the number uh, two pick, but also get that number 12 pick and also receive the number, uh, what's that, uh, the Texans um, draft pick for next year, uh, first-round pick, and then what about the possibility of moving to two? And then is there, a, I would say, a wild-card team. When you think about possibility, I know the Seahawks gave Geno Smith a big deal, but do you think there is a slight possibility that the Bears could still get a haul from the Seahawks because of, um, you know, even they gave Geno that large contract, I still think they need a quarterback to build around for the future, and they, and the Seahawks do have two first-round picks. So what about the possibility of the Bears getting a draft pick from the Seahawks and getting a first-round pick, which is, I think, 20th? Like, what about the possibility of that? Or, or I mean, what do you guys think? So about to move that? back and still and get the, All right, Chase. All right, the first to move back with Houston, it's too much. Yeah, it would be way too much. It's right? way too much. Even, I think, the 12, the 12 and the 2 adds up more than what the Bears pick is, it's, right? It's got to. I'll get the sheet, but yeah. I'm thinking it's got to. I think to. there's a better chance you get their number one next year. You get the second pick in the draft. You get their number one next year. Mm-hmm. And then you get, like, a third-round pick in this year's draft. Carmen, does that sound kind of right, right with points? Um, third round or a second probably. round pick? Yeah, first of all, the value, you're not wrong. The value is, is way, way too more high. than the first pick. Way too high. Uh, to have two and 12 is more than one. Even if you, yes, even if you get two and they're number one next year because you don't know what it's going to be, I think they'd rather do that for yes. next year yes. than they would for two and 12 this year. You're I talking think about they'd want to. 800 yeah. points of value. Yeah. yeah there's way too much. And, and the disparity happen. between one and two are how much, Carm? Uh, it is 400 400, yeah. Yes. That, it, it does count way too much. So yeah. that's not going to I don't think happen. they'd be willing to do two and 12 this year. And then you want a number one again next year. I, I don't think that's going to happen. If anything, you get a pick next year. They'd be more willing to say, we're not going to be picking as high. We'll be better. We'll sacrifice that pick for next year. Uh, let's go to, let's see here. Let's grab some baseball, too. We got a lot, man. Uh, here's Reno in Chesterton. What's up, Reno? Reno. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, doing, man? hey well, you guys were talking about pitch clock and the games being shorter and unintended consequences. Uh, this is kind of a stupid thing, but uh, it's all about making money, too, the concessions. These, uh, these owners get a lot of money from the gate, and a big portion of it is concessions. And I know some of the game, they quit selling beer, you know, after the seventh inning. But it'll take faster to get to the seventh inning now. And just overall, it was just a thought. You know, it might not mean anything, but it's just a thought. It doesn't mean much to the fan, but to the owner. I know what you're saying, Reno. It'll be interesting. Somebody should do that study, what it costs in in, in, in beer revenue at games. Because you do imagine these games speed up. Dollar spent per customer right mm-hmm. they have that average cost they know mm-hmm. what that is 
They know that if they got 30,000 people, they multiply by a certain number and they could expect their revenues at the end of the day, all their revenues. That includes the people getting looped up and buying shirts and jerseys and hats and little baseball bats for the kids. And churros. All of it. Yeah, churros. Ooh, nachos. Nachos and a helmet. Mini Minoso sandwich. Ice cream. Mai Tais. Mai yeah. Tai Steve running around there Mai making Steve. things happen. Is Mai Tai Steve still around? They still do that out of the backpack? I feel like yeah, I don't Mai see those Tai Mai Tai Steve would be about 60 now. Wow. So, you know. Mai Tai Steve. He's still lugging around. He might. That's an old reference. I love that. There used to yeah. be the guy that walked around both, I think, Wrigley and Comiskey. Yeah. St. Andrew's in the day. product. TF might have yeah. yeah, St. Andrews for sure. And remember, he had the backpack full, and he yeah. had with the spigot. Chisnayeski. Hey. That's his last name. Steve Chisnayeski. Steve Chisnayeski. Good Polish oh, name. Good Polish name. That's so classic. Chizzy. Let's say I had a Mike and Palos on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. Carmen. Eric, uh, love the show as, as usual. Hey, you know, um, I'm a boomer, so many, many years ago, decades probably in my case, uh, used to get up in the morning, look at the Tribune back scores and sometimes whatever, and, you know, you'd be looking for games that were like the, the shortest amount, like, you know, the fast pitchers, even like you mentioned, guys like Burley and Scherzer and stuff. Well, you know, so they can do it. And I think Greeny said this morning he was following this pretty closely, and he said something like just right off the bat, over the weekend, it knocked off about 24, 25 minutes. And for a guy like me, you know, if you have grandkids or something and you go to the game, you need to speed it up because their attention span, you know, starts to wane at seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And I, I think it's a great idea. And um, who the heck wants to spend four hours, you know, at the game? Amen, so. Mike. No, I think you nailed it. The worst to me has been what's happened in the playoffs the last few years. Oh, yeah. I- I'm sorry. I love baseball. What a nightmare. Sitting down for a four-hour and five-minute game is not enjoyable. Especially a 7 o'clock West Coast game for people I, living in New York. It, it, like, you can't convince Hello. me that it is. It's yeah. not enjoyable. It just isn't. Not going to happen. Yeah. Nobody can should be expected to sit through all of that. 1 a.m. 1 a.m. You're up watching a ball game because you love it. And they're blessed New York Mets or New York Yankees yeah. are playing out West. The the key like to look at is let's see how closely it resembles the you know how closely the reduction in time of game yeah. resembles what happened in the minor leagues last year and it was about tw- I think it was just under twenty five minutes it's significant and we want to see more action we want to see these games move quicker in just a little bit the handful of innings that I checked out over the in, uh, over the weekend York you could you could see it you could feel it and the hitters seem to be the ones making you know needing the biggest adjustment right now uh so may, uh, maybe that's surprising maybe it's not but we played you some highlights it was all hitter violations yeah pitchers are ready to go and Scherzer this tells you the advantages is yeah the advantages is shifted to the pitchers now Kirkland's and Flossmore on ESPN 1000 hello Kirkland hi uh boy baseball I, I totally Stopped watching baseball years ago. Lost interest. I couldn't name one person on the Cubs or Sox, but that's not why I called. That's a shame. Basketball. Mm-hmm. The last few, last couple of minutes of the game, maybe last three minutes, two minutes, they need to stop all of these timeouts. It takes way too long to play the final minutes of a basketball game. What in the world are they doing in practice? There, there's there's nothing new in basketball, so all of these timeouts to sit there and diagram stuff it never works is a waste of time. It just drags the game out. 
It, it should be just like in, in football. You've got your two-minute drill. You know, the two minutes you practice, you already know what to do. I watched the Michigan game yesterday, and uh, I think it was Wisconsin they played. Wisconsin plays nothing but man-to-man. So they come out, and Jawan Howard calls a timeout. They come out, they set up, and then he calls another timeout right behind that. It's not like Wisconsin set up in any defense they hadn't been doing all game. Wouldn't it be great if, like, in the uh, – if in ba- and Kirkland, thanks for the call. Wouldn't it be great if you couldn't call back-to-back yeah. timeouts? It would um, change things a little bit. I, I don't know the exact rules of how many timeouts there are in NBA basketball compared to college basketball, but I assume in the NBA you get 12 a half. Um, because it seems like they're always not, taking timeouts. It's not 12 yeah, but you don't even know how many there I know, are. Off the top I of my think head. it's six a half. Yeah. With a couple it's of those 12. being. Do they still have the 20, Carm? Yeah. Are we still going to the shoulders with a 20? Yeah. 20? Yeah. 20 second timeout? Yeah, timeout. That way you tell the uh, TV production truck not to go to commercial. Don't go to commercial. We got a 20, boys. Well, and by the end, there's really not anyway. Uh, uh, it's seven. Uh, it's seven per game. That's what it is. Seven timeouts per game. Well, seven per game. Sure, it's not per half. Feels like it's per half. Mm, let me double check the rule book here. Uh, I don't know. I'll find it exactly because I do want to have the exact number. But wouldn't that be something if they said uh, we don't like how slow the end of the game is and we're not going to allow you to call? Like, you got to get the ball inbounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's a turnover. Can you imagine? No, like, let's see the defense and then call another timeout. Uh, that'd be uh, – I don't know. I'd, I, I can't tell if I'd be up for that or not. I mean, Carm, because- you were right. It's seven, and no more than four timeouts can be used in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's right. And no more than two timeouts can be used in the final three minutes there of the fourth go. quarter. So they're trying to – and I think so they tweak those rules. Okay. Like back in 2015 maybe, I think they – at some point like in the last 10 years, they tweaked those rules because they did feel like it was becoming too much of a problem. Where uh, they, the end, the, like the last three minutes were dragging. Ironically, Yurko says the last five minutes is the best part anyway. It though. is. I mean, that's where the effort, the effort's there. Yeah, that's where you're going to see the effort. They, they, both teams can just lollygag through a game, and then the final five. Here we go. But then now it's we, usually now turned up. Yeah, now right. the intensity gets up there. Usually ratcheted up. All right, more of your calls coming up. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Live in the old National Bank State Street studio. Hope everyone's having a great Monday. Oh, we got just a couple of days left here in Feb. We're into March, Wednesday. We got Combine Week in Indy. Courtney Cronin will join us tomorrow. I'm feeling good. Guys in shorts running around. I, I saw that some coaches don't want to go to the Combine. Well, I saw DeMarie Smith has recently yeah. been on record saying, why do we still do this? Why don't you just do regional pro days? Nah, bring them in. It's college guys. What's the pro guy got anything to say about anything? They're not yours yet. Until they sign their pro contract, they're not professional football players. So DeMarie Smith can keep his mouth shut and mind his own business. After 1 o'clock, I want yeah. you to talk about your experience and why it was right. helpful or why it wasn't. All right, So save that for after I, I 1. I will, but this no, just this real quick. I'm going to save the whole spiel for that. All right. That most coaches don't know what the hell they're looking at anyway when they got a player coming out of college. Oh, really? Okay? Some guys don't. Like the guys in the, like the pro Some coaches? Some guys have no clue. They just get, and they know how to coach. Ah, that's what they know. That's they don't know how to evaluate. Really? Okay? They know how to coach a guy up once they get him. Hmm. 
this combine is for your professionals, your your scouting guys. That's your department that's there. You might take a pro personnel guy or two or a head coach wants to go out there and sit in the stands and see what the hell's going on. Coaches shouldn't be here unless they're great evaluators. And if they're great evaluators, then they should be there if they want to be there. That's interesting. So is your experience that even very good NFL position coaches might not be able to identify certain traits, but they could look at a guy and say, well, I know what he's not doing well or right, and I can coach him up. They could take a raw guy and coach him up right? and say, okay, this is how I'm going to help this guy become a better player. But he may not be able to look at 75 guys out and be able to differentiate what makes one better than the other. Very interesting. The scale is looking at what looks like 10 guys that are identical and picking out the one That if you get him in your system, you'll be able to coach him up and you'll be able to make mm. him a better player. Or seeing something in him that other people can't see. Yeah. That's the skill in like, evaluating I players. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Eberflus is going. I don't know that a lot of the position coaches are, but Eberflus well, and Poles will be right. there. They're both going to speak tomorrow They're in the morning. personnel guys, college and then, scouting and guys. And then all That's those what guys. you want. Yeah, your head coach is going to be there. Good. Yes. Because your head coach might want to talk to guys. You know, sit them down in a room. Yeah, Ask that's him, a big part of the combine. If you no. were a tree, what kind of tree would you want to be? This is some of the dumbest be? things I've ever done in my life. What kind of a tree would you be, do you think? You're hey, going? when you're traveling in the car, do you want to be out front, or do you mind just riding along with traffic? What? Uh, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. interesting, too. Yeah, all what? types of dumb questions. Uh, and the Wonderlick, which I believe is a tremendous test. It's that's... a 50-question test in 12 minutes. And it's varying degrees of questions, and the questions get more difficult as you go on. It's hard because the it time involves element. some mathematics. It yeah. involves some word recognition. It involves a lot of different things, but it gets more difficult as time goes on. And it is the time thing. Yeah. And it's an influx of information. You've got to pick out what matters and what doesn't matter. And all it does is let you kind of know who can process information quickly, discard the crap, keep the good stuff in, and then answer questions and move on. We've done, like, those sample wonder looks. It's hard with that time right. element. Yeah, it, but it really is. that's why it's a valuable test. Those who say yeah. it's not a valuable test don't understand why they give the test. Uh, and it's not if you don't do well at it, well, you can't play football. That's not what that test does. Right, right. It doesn't. Right. It just allows you to know who can take in an influx of information and then go ahead and process it and make, some, make it its I guarantee you there are guys that have not done well on that test that have been great football players. Deion and, Sanders, first one that comes to mind. Well, there you go. And I guarantee you there are guys have, that, that have done great on that test that yeah. stunk. Can't play a lick. <laughs> Can't play. play a lick. Absolutely right. Can't play a lick in the NFL. Cam's into Cal. What's up, Cam? Hey, I, I wanted to talk about the batter's rule and automatic strike. Let's and all do the it. Pitch clock. Let's do it, Cam. Um, I like it because it gives the pitcher a little bit of an edge now because I don't want to start a conspiracy theory about the juice balls in the past. Hmm. But I like how the pitchers have more of the advantage in this um, circumstance. But one thing I disagree about is I don't know if it's going to be um, in the playoffs, the pitch clog. I think it should just be shut off at that point because um, the umpires have a lot of stuff to do during that time. You want the best of the best calls. Why do we have to worry about a pitch clock automatic strike when we're trying to get the best teams to win, if that makes sense? Um, and also, I had a question for Yurko. Yeah. Um, it's about NASCAR. Oh, oh God. God. Kyle Bush, big win in California. Yeah. Do you like Kyle Bush, yay or nay? Uh, I'm yay. He married a local girl who went to Lake Central. So okay. I'm a big fan of Kyle Bush, rowdy racing. Uh, 
all the guys they got there. Do you- Kurt, Bam- Kurt Busch, not as big of a fan, um, but okay. I still kind of like, I, I kind of, I'm okay with Kurt Busch, but Kyle Busch okay. is a wheel man. Well, what, what, Kyle Busch, you can put yeah. any type of car. Kyle Busch can race. Do you not, do you have a problem with Kyle Busch, Kim? Um, I just I thought I thought Yurko would be an anti Kyle Busch nah, type of guy. Listen, he can be if we we're gonna Thanks, do, do if we we're gonna do douche of the week. Yeah, Kyle Busch would certainly qualify. Douchey over the course of a lifetime of racing and some of the incidents on racing. Just look at like Kyle Busch tantrums on on the track. Really? Yeah, like he wrecked Ron Hornaday one time where he just said, "The hell with the race. We're just gonna wreck now." So. Hmm. Um, you know, he's done some things on the track would make you scratch your head and go, boy, this guy is a real, he'd qualify for douche he's of the a week. Douche. But, but he's a wheel man. He's a wheel man. He can race. God, I just, I wish once somebody he could like, race. boy, Carmen's a real wheel man. We've, inter- we've uh, interviewed Kyle Busch here in the studios. I, I thought we had Kyle we Busch We had Kyle once. Busch here in the studios, yeah. You know, we've had a few NASCAR guys in over the years. Keselowski's yeah. been in here. Uh, Martin Truex Jr.'s been in. Truex Jr. He was pleasant. I talked to Carl Edwards when Carl Edwards was part of Roush Racing. Yeah, I feel like most of them have been... Uh, Mark Martin I interviewed when I went down to Daytona. Accommodating. Told him that I thought five of the Roush drivers were going to be able to make it in. Guess how many of the Roush drivers made it in? Five. Five that year. Nice job, you're Into going. the chase. Kurt was in here once, too. He's, yeah. he's oh, pretty Kurt nice. Kurt was, too? Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, do you remember the five Roush drivers that made it? <laughs> what do you think? Come on. I mean, Mark Martin was one of them. Me. I just talked to him. We just talked about we Mark Martin. break. Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth. Carl Edwards. Yeah, I was going to say Carl Edwards. Kyle Busch. Kyle Bush. Not Kyle Busch. Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch. And Greg Biffle. Of course, Greg Biffle. Oh, yes. yes. Who could forget? Who could forget Greg Biffle? Greg Biffle. <laughs> uh, coming up, Yurko's going to tell you why the combine is important. If you want to talk about the rules changes and if you like the pitch clock specifically over the weekend, if you were watching baseball, let us know. 312-332-3776. Plus some thrilling NBA stuff from over the weekend I want to talk about. And uh, Barkley, uh, I'm scratching my head at something Charles said this morning. It's all coming up after one. We're back in two minutes.